the Tennessee Holler podcast with their network. You can find them at T-N-H-O-L-L-E-R.com on the web and then on social media, the T-N Holler. You will find them at Twitter and Instagram and also uh, Facebook. So we're going to get started. We're here today with Courtney Durrett. She is a new county commissioner or fairly new county commissioner as of this um, last election. And so we'll hear a little bit from her about what that's like. She's got uh, two fairly young children. And so uh, managing that, uh, all the things that come along with that. So um, Commissioner Durrett, how's it going? How are things moving along? Oh, it's busy. <laughs> it's busy. Christmas time and commission and um two other jobs so yeah it's a lot going on <laughs> okay so how are you finding um as far as commission you know a lot of times people wonder about how many phone calls you get and you know just on a on a daily basis there's a difference between just your you know the daily issues with county commission and then of course when you have uh some some big issues which we are having but what mm -hmm. kind of traffic do you typically see from folks in a in like a regular time if we even know what that is? Um, honestly, I don't know what a regular time is because my very first meeting had a resolution or a couple of them actually dealing with the Board of Health. And so, um, I, you know, I started right out of the gate with getting hundreds of emails daily once my email address was known. Right. Okay. So, yeah. November was kind of a slow month. Slow in comparison to um, not getting 150 emails a day. And, and that's not an exaggeration. I did count them one day last week and I had 127 on that day. Uh-huh. Yeah. I, I would imagine that, um, you know, that's one of the things that I wanted to talk about. It's it's tough being a new elected official and heading, you know, you're straight into dealing with the pandemic. So um, it's, you know, it's not for the faint of heart for sure, uh, but it's just critical that we get this right in, you know, in order to keep our community healthy and safe. And I know that you guys are in a real struggle with that, with the Board of Health, because we have had, a board of health for a long time and um, they're there when we have health emergencies we are in one of those right now like we haven't been in in years and years and that's why these boards were formed they're doing they're experts in the field doing everything that they can do to keep the community safe so how do you feel about the job that the board of health is doing Oh, I think they've done a tremendous job. They, you know, like you said, they, we've had one since 1996 
is when Knox County Commission created an ordinance to establish a board of health. And, and this, all these parameters are in the Tennessee code um, that, and it allows us or else the six major counties in Knox County, or excuse me, in Tennessee that have their own health department have this ability to have a board of health. And so, um, yeah, we've had a board of health since 1996. And basically their main jo job was to, is to look at the budget for the health department. Mm -hmm. um, or excuse me, that has been their main job because we have not had a health emergency like we are seeing. So, um, you know, I, I, I don't know this from their mouths, but I would assume that when they agreed, signed up for the job, the member, they being the members of the Board of Health, uh, they weren't expecting to have to make policy and they weren't expecting to deal with a, a pandemic or a, a public health crisis like we are in currently. And so keeping that in mind, and even if they had kind of foreseen this coming, they are doing a tremendous job. I mean, their, their purpose is to evaluate data and to make steps to help ensure public health. Of course, there are adverse effects to anything that they would do re regarding the economy, regarding people's livelihoods. Um, of course, there it, it can be make a, uh, a cycle of, of things you know, we do a mandate and this can happen and this can happen and this can happen. But what it, what can also happen is people remain healthy. Right. And, and, and that's kind of, that's the bottom line here is people remain healthy. They don't get sick and our hospitals are not overcrowded. Our healthcare workers are not stressed to the max and have the ability to go home and kind of let it out and re and, and, you know, get some rest and, and be able to refresh and come back again and just not just be, you know, everything they're seeing is COVID, 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 COVID. Well, what happens when my diabetic child has some kind of issue and we need to take her to the emergency room and there's no room for her because it's full of COVID patients, then what? And, and, and that's really what it boils down to. Like that is the main goal. I feel like front of, of these regulations or of these mandates that the Board of Health is doing is to ensure that there is space in our hospitals for COVID, but also for everything else. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I, I, I hesitate to call the mandates or regulations. Quite frankly, I call them protections. Right. These and I agree with you. 100%. Protections that we're putting in place for all of our community members. And it's so unbelievably frustrating that we have to beg people to do this, that physicians are literally going on the news or going on their social media and begging for leadership because they are exhausted and they're tired of watching their patients die every day when this doesn't have to be the case. And these health boards are, um, you know, they're, they're across the country. Many states have these health boards that make these types of decisions in these emergencies. But these are the experts in the field, and they have the data, and they have the research. So they should be the ones 
making these decisions and they could have the full support of their mayors and their governors. Um, These boards have held up in the, and at the Supreme court level, they've been held up. Um, and, and the idea that a few folks and, and from all the polling that I've seen, it's like 20% of the people, um, are these folks who really think that it's their personal liberty or freedom to wear a mask. Um, that is a, a small, but very vocal part of the population and they're putting everyone else at risk. Um, you know, I, I, it, it is sometimes uncomfortable to wear a mask. Uh, and, and, but it is the very least I can do to protect other people in my community. Right. Here we lost this sense of caring for our neighbors. I don't know. This is a volunteer state, you know? We always volunteer. We step up. What can we do? We can put on a mask. We can social distance. Well, and I used this analogy a couple months ago in our, in a commission meeting, I believe it was in October. Um, You know, and think back to not this past February, the one before where we had those historic floods, um, the hundred year floods, which seem to be yearly floods now. Um, People didn't think twice to put themselves into danger to help their neighbor or to help um, get there, you know, move fallen trees or to, you know, it's, it's immediate, but yet here we are in a literal life or death situation. And that sense of humanity, I'm not going to say it's non-existent, but it's, it's dwindling and it's scary. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I'm raising my, my kids that are five and seven to, help one another and to treat one another with love and to be um, compassionate and to not be judgmental and to listen before you make a judgment uh, because you don't know where those people are coming from. And so we need to all be able to sit back and listen to each other and, and come to the table with open minds regarding this. I mean, people literally are dying. Yeah. And, yeah. And in, in larger and larger numbers. Mm-hmm. And I talked to physicians at local hospital who have sent patients to Asheville, North Carolina. Uh, there was a doctor, um, Dr. Martin in Sumner County who was posting on Facebook, all the, the, the cities across Tennessee, he tried to get one of his patients into who was a COVID patient, all the surrounding states, that he couldn't get a COVID patient into who needed an ICU bed. And so the reality is space is getting tighter and tighter. Our our health officials, our our health professionals are getting more and more exhausted. We seem to be having a shortage of the the nurses that we need. And um, we're just putting those folks more and more at risk. And it's completely unnecessary. There are steps that we can take. And my frustration, I watched a little bit of the meeting last night of county commission. And my frustration is there are two board members driving this idea 
that um, you can't, this unelected board thing is so outrageous to me. Most boards are unelected and the, the folks on the boards are experts in that field. I mean, if I get a really bad illness, am I going to go to a doctor or am I going to go to a wrestler? I'm going to go to a doctor. That's just the way it is. And I think most of the folks on that video last night, when they're really sick, they're going to go to a doctor. Right. And we listen to our doctors all other times. Why aren't we listening to them now? Why has our health become partisan? Because this healthcare is not a partisan issue and keeping your community safe and healthy is not a partisan issue. And, and, I respect your right not to wear a mask in your home and, and those things. But when you're around the general public, you need to put on a mask. And we, the, the idea that the economy is some sort of argument here to me is sort of ludicrous because if our hospitals get shut down, if uh, that many people are that sick and there's no consumer confidence, you don't feel like you can go out safely. You're not going out. I know hundreds of people who aren't going out right now because the, it is too dangerous for them. And if we had a mask ma mandate, businesses would have help enforcing that. It wouldn't be all on their own. They're all on their own right now. I have friends who have businesses where they have employed young adults and they don't want those young adults to be pushing someone to wear a mask when it's somebody who might blow up at them because we've seen that so many times it puts them in a bad spot so this helps business do the work that they can do so there's consumer confidence so we can get out and get the things that we need we're ending up helping those online big box stores and we're hurting our small businesses because there's no confidence of getting folks out to those and so we're going to be forced into a shutdown if we don't put some protections in place so that there's com consumer confidence. Right. No, I agree with you 100%. Um, it's, but, and on that same token, if our numbers continue to rise and if deaths continue to rise, there's not going to be people to go out, to go to these stores, who will be, again, confident enough to feel feel comfortable enough to get a job right so it, it, there it's all intertwined and related and we've just i don't oh it, it's a tough spot at this point because it has become so politicized and and you know it, it with it's leadership it's lack of leadership in this uh, my husband and i were talking oh a few months ago about how when we were kids the surgeon general got on tv and said smoking is bad for you people listened or you know don't do this because this could x y and z could happen people people just said okay we won't you're you're the top physician of the country we'll listen to you where it's because there's no support for that. It's the lack of leadership. Right. And it's from every single level of government. 
Yeah, it, it absolutely is. And a lack of relying on the science that each and every one of us had K through 12. You know, we took that science, we learned about research, we learned about data, all of those things. Why are we ignoring it now? People want their kids to get this great education, but you're ignoring science? It, it doesn't make sense, you know? Those two things don't follow. Well, here's what I'd like to find out from you, because okay. I, last night I tuned in to a working meeting, correct? Yes. Okay. So my understanding is next Monday is going to be, that's going to be the first reading? Yes. Okay. And so tell me about what the process is. There's going to be a vote that night. Yeah. So last night was our work session. Um, on our agenda is an ordinance to, at first, I thought it was to strip the powers of the Board of Health, not necessarily get rid of it, but strip the powers of the Board of Health and to make it the power to create protections, if you will, um, and that are, in fact, punishable. And that wording is in the Tennessee Code. It yeah. is Knox County. That's that's a statewide law, as you are aware of. Um, and so that was my first thought that is what this ordinance did. And so therefore, because it is not set forth in the state law that's saying that we as a county, the county legislative body can just take powers away, uh, you know, I toss it up as we can't even do this. This isn't even legal. Um, but then I read it more carefully while we were in our work session. And it turns out this ordinance actually gets rid of our current Board of Health. And then it replaces it with a new advisory Board of Health made up of the exact same people listed in, well, I mean, it doesn't have to be the exact same named people, but the people, like it says two physicians, a veterinarian could be on there, a citizen representative, the county mayor, the um, county superintendents of schools, um, that formula is still there. So it makes you think, it could make one think that, oh, we're just taking away the powers, but in actuality, it is dissolving the Board of Health, or as they, as it is worded, repeal section 38-33 of our Knox County Charter subsection A, which is the actual subsection that created the Board of Health in 1996. So by repealing it, we are actually dissolving the Board of Health, which we do have the power to do, but no one has come out and said that's what we're doing. Right. I, I heard from many people about that resolution that it was just um, uh, relieving some of the powers of that board, which by state statute, they it's absolutely not. cannot do. They cannot Correct. limit the powers of that board. Correct. So I watched that interchange with the attorney This and I was sort of in shock because um he was basically given testimony in favor of the resolution. And that is not his job. 
And it's actually an ordinance. So we're changing Knox County Charter. It's not just a resolution. Okay. So that's what has to do the two readings. It'll okay. well, uh, and and specifically, you know, the thing that really troubled me was he was giving testimony on the bill. And it's my understanding that the county law director's job is to interpret legal issues with the commission. And offer legal advice. Okay. And, and so well, when I asked the question about it, I was told, well, this is what Memphis did. Yeah. That's and not that's, answering my question. Right. And that's not legal advice. And speaking on behest of the uh, ordinance is also not legal advice. That's policy advice. And I felt that was stepping outside the bounds of his duties. And I thought it was incredibly inappropriate. Um, but there was some questionable, you know, lots of questionable things going on. So I guess what I would like to see before this Monday meeting as all the uh, folks in Knox County who really care and, and understand the importance of this health board, contact the members of commission by phone or by email. Um, how does yours work? If we get a phone call to our office and, and, and no one's like, it just goes to voicemail. So people can call at night and, go, and the voicemails go to um, emails. Do you all have a system like that or no? No, we don't. We do have a commission um, email address from what I'm gathering, just commission at knoxcounty.org. But we also have individual email addresses and individual phone numbers, and they're all posted on the Knox County Commission website. Okay, great. So is there a, a way you prefer to be contacted or um, either one is fine with you? <laughs> Um, no, um, either one at this point is fine with me. Okay. Um, yeah, it's right now. I mean, we're getting, we're still getting email after email. So, I mean, keep yeah. it coming and just know that if you don't get a response, that doesn't mean we didn't see it. Cause I look at every single one. It's right. just having the time to, um, respond to 200 emails just from this plus another job and another job and have kids and all these other things. I hear you. I just want to say that I hear you. Your message is being heard. Um, but either way, whichever way people are comfortable with, I'm all for it. Okay, great. Um, because I know that it's really important that, that people have their voices heard. And, and that's what's really gonna help you all. The vote last night seemed to be more in favor of, uh, of, this, of this ordinance, which I think is incredibly dangerous. And eight to we, three. Yeah, we need, it was eight to three, okay. Now we, granted, that's just to move it to Monday. Right, right. So it may be some indication of a vote, but not necessarily. Correct. All right. Okay, so so we need folks before Monday to make their voice heard uh, about maintaining the health board as it is, and especially during a pandemic. These are the folks that have been at it since the pandemic began. 
why would you break that up, disband them, and start in the middle of the pandemic with new folks? It just doesn't make sense to me. Um, and so we just ask that everybody who's out there and who's listening, make sure that their county commissioner is aware of this. And then, of course, um, Courtney, whatever you guys decide to do at the state level, we're going to be doing dealing with this because Jason Zachary has brought this to the state level. He's very much involved with the folks at the county level here, and he's taking it to a state level at, in a way that I think puts our entire state at risk um, of their health. And it's incredibly frustrating to me. So I appreciate what you're doing so much. And I hope that um, you and the folks who understand the importance of science and data and keeping our neighbors safe and alive and keeping our economy strong, I hope that that, that sanity wins this thing. Me too. Me too. And, and it's unfortunate that that's our hope right now, but that's our reality. So, yeah, yeah it, it really is that you have to hope people will do the right thing to protect their community. It is, you know, it is, it's sad that that's what we're talking about, you know? Mm -hmm. And, and um, I just think that as Tennessee, especially Knoxville as volunteers, you know, it's the least we can do for our community to all pull together. We've got a vaccine coming down the pike. If we're, you know, the regular folks like us aren't going to see it until, um, you know, probably March. But our health officials and our frontline folks are getting it. And I think that that's just awesome. So thanks so much for joining us. And we'll send you lots of strength and moral support from folks letting you know. And you let us know what you need. Okay. okay. I will. I appreciate you so much, Gloria. Not a problem. Thanks for joining us and we'll, we'll get busy and get some action done and help you out next on Monday. Okay. All right. Thank you. All right. Thank you. And thanks everybody for joining. This has been the Standing Tall Podcast with Courtney Durrett from County Commission in Knox County. Um, one of the Tennessee Holler podcasts. You can find them at TennesseeHoller.com on the web and then at DTN Holler on all the social, social media outlets. Thanks everybody. Mask up. Keep your distance. Stay safe and stay healthy out there. And shop local if it's safe and if you can.